All right, back here on the Sports Grind, presented by Dos Equis, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spin the one and twos. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Specs. All right, keep in mind, they have, uh, first of all, they've been voted Houston Press of the best of over 10 years. They're a four-time National Retailer of the Year as well, too. And whether, keep in mind, whether you're watching the game or soaking up all the last of the race, summer sun, Spec has, Specs has you covered with lower prices on Texas' largest selection. That is Specs, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and an official partner of the Dallas Cowboys. So, yes, yeah, so before we go to the phone, we've got some Facebook Live um chiming in um let me see let's go back up to the top uh, let's see who is that that's a good one it says uh frank let me see frank says as soon as he has a bad game them fans will want Dak back even though they saying rush is better uh possibly you know the backup quarterback's always the most popular on any team all the guys that tell you that um carl says he's a system quarterback period well I mean, that's why I asked the question. Maybe he is, uh, but maybe. And, you know, I've been one of the guys for the last couple of years. I've been one of the guys that's been critical of them not really ever settling the backup quarterback position. I mean, You're it's critical long, this year. Yeah. Of them yeah. So to me, position. you know, maybe there maybe this is it. Whether you call it, it don't matter whether you call him a system guy or not. It, evidently, Jerry has kept him in the building for forever, for whatever. Now, on other teams where they have kept Cooper Rush around for six years, maybe not. But I'm just telling you what I see. He looks very, very comfortable in this offense through two games. I mean, that's just the reality. Now, he could have a bad game this Sunday against Washington. You know, there's a they got a couple other games coming up that's going to be interesting. But I just feel that... You know, it's it's creating a situation where the team is playing with energy in the defense that it's going to put a little bit even more pressure on Dak when he comes back to take these young receivers. We're really only having C.D. Lamb. I'm really liking Brown, the other receiver. I mean, I think he's has some uh, uh, Noah Brown, right? Noah Brown, yeah, the I think, squad. Yeah, I think he has some very promise. I mean, he has a good story, obviously, um, but I think Noah Brown definitely has a ceiling where he can get better. He could probably be a number two or three in this league, or at least with that system. Uh, but we'll see where they go forward, man. But they're, they're two, and a lot of people thought they would probably be at this point one and three, you know, after Dak went down, to be honest with you. Um, so, or... <laughs> To be honestly, not one and three because we ain't played week four yet, but either zero and three, let alone two and one. Okay, that's really where a lot of people predicted them to be. One eight hundred seven zero seven nine seven sixty. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's see who we got up here first. Let's go to. Let's see as you bring it up. The phone. Let's go to Sterling. Sterling, you on the sports ground here on Ticket Seven Sixty and Thirteen Hundred Zone in Austin and Fox South Central Texas in Waco. What's up, Sterling? Hey, how's it going, Calvin? All right, man. Enjoy the show. I was just calling because you're talking about my Cowboys, and I just want to let you know something. I think Will McClay does an excellent job, you know, finding these players. Uh, they've been saying all along that they were happy with their defense line. Of course, they wanted to re-sign Gregory, but if you look at the stats, actually Doris Armstrong has three sacks already. That's uh, Randy Gregory's replacement. Uh, Dallas defense line, I mean, I know Parsons should deservedly so get the credit and Demarcus Lawrence, but they got, they throw a lot of different bodies at you that can rush the pass. Man. I think their defense is going to be able to hang their hat on that all season. I think uh, sometimes I get a little too cute with the offense coordinator. Just 
do what's working. I mean, they were pounding them on the run. And I also think they hit on the, this early, but I think they they found something in the left tackle. If you saw him, man, that dude, especially on runs, he gets after He He's agile for his size. I, like I said, I enjoy the show. I hang up and see what you have to say about it. All right, Sterling, appreciate the kind words. Appreciate you calling and, and listening to the show. Um, yeah, I definitely I agree with Sterling. I mean, the D-line, like I said, if they're going to play like this, and I think the key is Mike is going to do what Mike does. He's going to get a lot of attention every week. I mean, I don't think this is a D-line that any offensive lineman, any out of the 31 other teams, I don't think any offensive unit is running to have to go face this D-line. But I think the dominance of the D-line is really, as the season goes on, I think the dominance of the line is really going to depend on how consistent DeMarcus Lawrence could be. Because honestly, there was a scare there when he went down. You know, I mean, he was, I mean, he recorded his third sack of the night and then the play after that or something like that, he went down and they had to come and check him out. I was surprised he came back in the game. So I feel they dodged a bullet then. I believe that his play, I mean, there's other people on there besides Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence and Sterling brings a good point is you got to give credit to Dan Quinn because he is shifting these guys out. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's not technically like a hockey line shift, but they've got some guys they rotating out. But I think the dominant side of really what they've showed the first three weeks, because they played good in the Tampa Bay game, too, is that can Demarcus Lawrence stay hungry? And basically go ahead, can he, for one, stay healthy, stay hungry, and play it like, because that's the DeMarcus Lawrence that should be playing. Does he need to have three sacks every damn game? No. Some of the best pass rushers in the time don't have three sacks every damn game. But he has to be disruptive. And last night I felt that he was disruptive. Speaking of Sterling that just called, let me talk about Sterling Shepard. Look, man, I don't have a dog in the race, okay? I mean, I watched Sterling Shepard out of OU. I feel for that young man. Um, you know, it was toward the end of the game. Everybody saw the cart come out. Look, Sterling hasn't been right since he left Norman, Oklahoma. And he has to be a good guy or a good teammate or a good company man because the Giants, the Moore family, the ownership, they have kept on to him. Like a lot of other teams and ownership would have cut bait with him a long time ago. He's worked back coming off of last season. I, there's not a year he's been I don't believe, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's a year that he's been in since he's come out of Norman, Oklahoma, that he's completed a full season with the Giants. And I just felt bad for him seeing that cart coming out because you got to understand, man, this is the same thing that drove Andrew Luck into retirement. Besides Ryan Gripson's mobster ass, sunglasses and wearing, weightlifting partner of Ursae. This is the same thing that drove Andrew Luck to retirement because he got tired of rehabbing. He got tired of being alone. When you're injured, especially, I think it's like that in all professional sports, but especially in the NFL, when you are rehabbing and you are sitting there going through rehab and meeting the trainer and the teams are practicing on the field, they're in meetings and you're not part of that, you do not feel part of the team. And that's what it kind of weighed on Andrew Luck and he decided to go ahead and read books and hike mountains. So... I just feel that it's one of those situations to where, you know, you've got to just go ahead and basically give the credit where credit's due with them right now. They're 2-0 and without Dak, and a lot of people thought they were going to be finished. Keeping it going before we move on, let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Fox Waco, South Central Texas. What's going on? Yeah, okay. Yeah, can you hear me now, man? Yeah, we got you. Okay, okay, listen, brother, I'm going to talk about two things today, and I'm, I definitely want you to hit on this second subject that I'm going to get to, but I want, I want to talk about uh, Tom Brady for a minute right quick. 
Okay, um, you talk, we talked about Tom Brady over the offseason. You know, um, I didn't realize that it was that serious, you know, between him and his wife. You know, apparently he had made a commitment to his wife that he was going to retire from football, and then at the last minute he came back. And now, you know, he disappeared right before, you know, during training camp, you know, comes to find out that the guy was having marital problems. Uh, people are saying that they're staying in separate homes right now, uh, Tom Brady and his wife. I don't know if that's true or not. But uh, I think that Tom Brady, when it's all said and done, um, he, he should have went on here and stayed out of retirement because you look at the game against Green Bay last week, uh, he has no offensive weapons right now. You know, Gronkowski decided to not to come back. You know, he has Fournette, but he has no receivers. You know, a couple of guys are hurt, one guy suspended. But I think Brady might have made a bad decision by coming back to Tampa Bay. Uh, hopefully he can keep his marriage together with his wife, you know, and they can reconcile, but I don't know that situation. But that's probably, that, that looks like the biggest problem. But the one thing I wanted to talk about the most, and I'd like for you to say something about this, is is I'm hearing rumors about Urban Meyer getting the Nebraska job. Let, let me say this. Urban Meyer should not be allowed to go back into coaching uh, due to the fact of what he did at Jacksonville, uh, the way he ruined the development of Sunshine, and now you see what Peterson is doing for this guy. He he stunted that guy's growth for a whole year, uh, Urban Meyer, and it, it was a total disaster. And you can't bring this guy into a program. He he destroyed the program at Florida. Yeah, he won a championship. He won a championship at old Ohio State. But look at all the damage that that guy did in these two programs. If I was Nebraska, uh, uh, Urban Meyer would be the last man on my list to, to hire as a coach for my team. And I'd like to hear what you have to say about Urban Meyer taking the Nebraska job. And I thank you for taking my call today. All right, Mike, thanks for the phone call. Um, well, a couple of things. Going back before I touch on the Urban situation, uh, going back to your Tom Brady uh, point. Um, look, I, you know, sometimes, I mean, I'm guilty of it a lot. Uh, try to avoid it, but a lot of people, it's human nature. Sometimes you make decisions off of raw emotion and desperation. And the thing is, is that I felt that Tom Brady – Really, you know, the whole thing about Miami and it was going to be a package deal and it was going to be part owner of the team. And that, I think that's all fluff. I think the reality of it is Tom is such a competitor and people like that. He's used to having control. He loves to control the narrative, um, you know, that he comes from that with New England. He learned that in New England. He didn't, he didn't learn that at Auburn, Michigan. OK, you know, I know Coach Cardone was legendary, but he didn't learn it there. He learned it at Gillette. Because you can hell, you can even look at Mac Jones. Go look at Mac Jones interview yesterday with the press. It's like you all, you just get sucked in. Now, he had, he took a pre-course at Alabama. But Mac Jones, like, anything on my injury, go talk to Bill Belichick. Like, they're programmed not to say too much to stay guarded. But the bottom line, back to the point to address Mike's phone call, I believe that he made an emotional decision to come back based off the fact of the story getting leaked by Adam. And I think part of that was like, you know what? I don't want to go out like this. It was supposed to be a press conference, whatever. And look, it cost him evidently from reports. Like I said, we can only go by reports. Don't know if it's true. But it maybe cost him some rocky times with their relationship. But it is what it is. He's a grown man. Um, but really, you talk about his receivers and he doesn't have weapons in the first year of Gronk. Yeah, it's part of the same reason why he left New England. I mean, we don't remember. Tom Brady's last scene in a New England Patriots uniform was a pick six in a playoff game against Tennessee Titans. He struggled that year. Like I told everybody, that that team the following year, if he doesn't go to Tampa Bay, I don't know, Tom might get that team to the playoffs. 
speaking to the Patriots. So that's my situation on that. You know, I think when the dust settles, I think they've got to score more. I mean, obviously, Tom said they got to try to score more points. But there's really only one team people are monitoring about how many points they score. It's only one team. Everybody else, it is just what it is. It's only one team that everybody's dissecting like they were the favorites or something. Speaking of that, Eli Manning trolled Russ last night on the telecast. I didn't catch it live, but I'd heard, you know, he was just talking about, hey, man, honestly, that punter they got, maybe they should have gave him the 250. And Eli, look, Russ and the Manning family, they've got a close relationship. I was like, ah, oh, that's funny, Eli. Just pull up one of them memes of you looking spaced out all the time. But I have no problem with that because they, they're close like that. Like, that's they're pretty much family, you know. Uh, the Eli probably had that one written down all week. He's like, I'm getting this one off. You know, probably probably got a text from Russ later on. But, no, I think the office, they've just got to get it going. And Tom's, trust me, Tom is still going to have more at Tampa on the White House than he ever did in New England for the exception of Randy Moss. So I'm not going to feel sorry for him. Tom said, anybody feel, I ain't feeling sorry for Tom and Tim. They're going to have to figure it out. Now, on the other part about Urban Meyer, well, you probably going to be pissed off, Mike, because at the end of the day, look, we know, and I'll tell you this, the, what Doug Peterson is doing with Jacksonville, that has told me one thing. Doug's really needs to get his flyer. He can coach. He's a Super Bowl coach. But number two, Urban, my, it must have been bad at Jacksonville last year. I mean, yes, they spent some money in the offseason, but for the most part, other than losing their rookie running back in training camp last year out of Clemson, this is, and, you know, yeah, I guess you put Kirk in. There were some additions, but this is, the way they're playing, it was just awful. Last year, usually you don't see a team in the NFL make this type of leap from being number one overall pick, being the top two pick two years in a row, and then come and make this leap. A lot of season left to play. But Urban Meyer, as bad as it was in the NFL, you, bro- you rattle it off, Mike. He's won at every spot. And it's gonna. I talked about this last week. You know, it's going to come down to who's desperate out there as an athletic director. We talked about how long it's been since the black shirts were really black shirts in Nebraska. It's challenging to get kids to go play and live in Nebraska. You know, especially these days and times more than it was always been like that, but more than even the 90s when Tom Osborne was running it. I will tell you this, though. The interesting thing with me is that Georgia Tech, they fired their coach and AD after this weekend. Okay. Um, now there's some pressure mounting up in that region for Georgia, which I didn't ever realize this, but for Georgia to hire their first black coach in school history. If you look at the dynamics of where that, where they at and what goes, you can understand why some people feel like, Hey, it's about time for one. I never thought Georgia tech never had an African-American head coach, but it shouldn't shock me, but it is what it is. But my point is, is that there's going to be as these fires start happening early through college season, because now it used to be, you could ride it out. You just ain't going to coach a bowl game. Now with realignment, money, NIL, like, oh, hell no. It's week three. We got to off. We idle. See, they don't call it buy in college. They call it idle. Oh, we're idle next week. This time to make a change. Booster said so. Booster A, 1, and B said so. Cut his ass. That's where we're at. But also part of that is the reason why so they can start lining up and beat everybody to the punch. That's why I'm telling you we're going to find out how serious Kansas is about football if it's all just rock, chop, Jayhawk, and basketball because they better sew that band up. Because somebody's going to be coming in Nebraska. I tell you, you look at the situation, and I didn't talk about this, not to take anything away from Baylor, because I picked Baylor to win a Big 12. They got a monster showdown with Oklahoma State this weekend that's coming in Waco. Okay, because I've had some people, I've got a friend of mine that listens to the show, shout out to Pink. He's texting me, oh, Oklahoma State's the best in the Big 12. I was like, I don't know about that. I still think it's Baylor. But they get it on this Saturday. Taking nothing away from Baylor's victory out in Ames, Iowa. 
But make no mistake about it. I talked about it on Friday. How is 19 and 18 and 20 year old kids going to hear about rumors heating up that Campbell's on the high list for Nebraska? Okay, how kind of flat. It took them a whole half for three quarters to get in the game and get it going. They ran out of time. You know? Use one of Sark's words. I didn't really think we'd lose. We just ran out of time. Yeah. Well, how's that worked out for you the last couple of weeks? What was tech? Ran out of what up there? Oh, okay. But anyway, look. Is it bottom line, Mike? His agent's going to be, his phone's going to be ringing. First of all, look at Fox. They took him back with anything. I'm like, damn, y'all ain't going to let, y'all just going to, hey, man, put him back on. Okay. I've always cut for Irvin. I mean, I, I personally think he's the closest to Nick. I mean, there's definitely, I don't know how long that gap is. He's beat him head up a couple of times when the chips are really counting. I've always said Urban is probably right there. That's that's Nick's true rival. If you it, it ain't Debo. Tell something about Clemson. Clemson, this is the thing. A lot of these guys, they gave Debo an extension last week. Okay? Or a couple years, a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. They Debo got paid. This is the deal. People getting paid like Nick, but I'm telling you, this Clemson team that had to get the hell out of Dodge in overtime. Look. You lose sunshine. You go through this, 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 this. You know, I would say seven, six, eight year run with Clemson. Dabo's been there, but these last couple years, man. Last year was oh well. Let's see how it goes without Trevor Lawrence. This offense. Now, I granted, they lost their defensive coordinator to Oklahoma. He was in the witness protection program for a long time. Okay, kind of like Kirby was with Nick. That offense at Clemson, it don't look like Dabo got one of them teams this year. It's kind of hard to stay tuned, right? To stay level, to stay when people are coming at you. Listen to the Sports Crime. We'll get Dwayne's phone call when we get back. You listen to the Sports Crime presented by Dosecki's broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the sports crowd. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and Seafood Lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the sports grind. Professionalism, respect, accountability, and communication. These are the values at Tiger Sanitation, serving the needs of the greater San Antonio area. From residential to commercial waste and recycling services, Tiger Sanitation works hard to keep the communities they serve safe and clean. After all, as a local family-owned business, their families live, shop, and play here too. For more, visit TigerSanitation.com. Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind presented by Dosecchi's, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett's been the one and twos. He's like on his back now. He's like out of commission. He had a tough stretch. Didn't his Achilles or something go out the other night at a concert a week ago or so? Well, he he fell through the stage. If that's the one you're talking about, yeah, I think a little that while ago, one. he uh, landed on his ribs. Tell you, man, this young youth, man, they keep popping them pills. Be on that stuff mixed with that drink, man. That rock and roll lifestyle. They don't understand, man. It's a lot different potent than even was back in the '80s. Now, now you got people mixing stuff up, you know. Fentanyl, all that stuff. You know, it's different down there, boy. That's what it is. But I hope he's okay, though. But anyway, all right. This next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. All right. Keep in mind, they've been established since 1938. They have an uncompromising spirit as the kind that believes that turns players into icons. They're 100% grain to glass. Stoli Vodka controls the entire production process, and there's no room for maybe. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, so, um, yeah, before we get to Dwayne's phone call, a couple other things in college I want to get to. Um, and also, don't forget, just real quick, as we're into the last segment, just programmed a reminder tomorrow uh, that we won't be on in Austin, in the Austin market. We'll still be here in the other affiliates, but we won't be on in Austin. Um, and then if you're in Austin and still want to listen to the show, uh, you can go, um, where is it at, Thomas? Well, you have a couple options. Uh, you can go to the iHeartRadio app, right. but just be sure for your station, instead of AM 1300 The Zone, put in Ticket 760. Right, yeah. Because if you were to put in The Zone one, you're going to get the baseball feed. But what's the uh, other one you talk about? Because that one's new to me. And, of course, you can go to sentexsportsfan.com, which is the website for uh, 93.9 out of Waco, oh, Temple okay. Clean. So sentexsportsfan.com, and go ahead and just, you can go to the live player there okay. uh, if you prefer uh, that other okay. option. All right. Didn't even know that was the option. You know what I mean? Something new. I mean, like Bobby Brown there. I made this money. You didn't, right, Ted? I had to ask Ted if he made the money. Really? But anyway. All right. You made this money, right, Whitney? I didn't. Yeah. You know, Bobby's had a tough life, but I still, part of me still feels like, man, that was just like walking through a fire with gasoline draws on, putting him with Whitney. I mean, come on. Anyway, all right, let me get back to college before we get to uh, Dwayne's phone call. Um, a couple other things with college. I know we didn't get to a lot of games yesterday except for our UTSA Rotors and UT dropping in Lubbock. But uh, other couple things that came across my radar this past weekend, um, Auburn really dodged a bullet. 
They really did. Uh, you know, Missouri had them dead to rights. You know, that game you're talking about. And, and again, I think I don't know what the flop was early, but you're talking about a little bit bad beat because Missouri had a chance to win it. And the kid just basically he should have dove in the end zone, but he put the ball out trying to strip. Bam, came out of his, his ball, go out, touchback ball game. Lose 17, uh, th- uh, what was it, 17 uh, 14. But. That Auburn coach is leaning on Jesus. He's he's done. He, if you if you if I had to put money on probably who's the next coach that's going to be let go before the season's over, he has to be one A or one B. I really do. We're going to see. I mean, normally they let their coaches go, but they look bad. And again, they were he already had some other scandal going on, and he does he was coming into this season under pressure. Also, Ohio State steamrolled Wisconsin. You know, they were eighteen point favorites that game, and I think they covered that number. Um, you know, you have to wonder is, is it time for Wisconsin to get with 2022 with everybody else? What do you mean? Wisconsin has a system. I mean, we know if you, they've put some of the best offensive linemen in the NFL, but you know, if you go even with their current coach and you go to their legendary coach before that, these formula for Wisconsin on how they play, the type of offense they run, has not changed in like 15, 20 years. And you have to wonder. I mean, they're always, they'll are always they get to the Rose Bowl. They'll compete. They'll sometimes get to a Big Ten championship game here and there. But, man, you, they like, again, they're one of those examples. Like, they running on Betamax, man, or an 8-track. And they haven't even got to the CD era yet. It seems like I'm just putting it like like everybody's in the download and digital. They haven't even graduated to the early 90s in the CD. They still on the eight track. That's what it looks like. And I've liked Wisconsin's program. But if you really think about it, just listen to what I'm saying. And if you watch college football, some of y'all really don't. But if you pay attention to college football, especially if you're a Big Ten guy, you can't tell me I'm not right about Wisconsin, man. They run the same. The coaches has changed twice. They had a legendary coach there before. They're another one of those. There's got to be somebody in the family. We've got to keep this going. And and they are stuck. They are stuck like in the 80s, man. That's just my opinion. But they, they're they competitive. Trust me, man. So don't tweet. Oh, do you know I mean? Rose Bowl. I get it, man. But you know what I'm talking about if you watch college football. You don't. Then you don't pay attention to Big Ten. Then you can't hear me right now. But if you pay attention, you know Wisconsin has run the same damn similar office for like 15, 20 years through two different coaches. We'll see. That's what stood out to me about that Ohio State game. Real talk. But while it hasn't maybe turned into victories for Wisconsin, they had a graphic up during that game with all the Doak Walker award winners and candidates that they've had going back to Monte Ball, Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor. You've had it over the years. And so that's, I mean, that's their bread and butter. I mean, big country boys from the north, you know, you run the ball, big offensive line. They haven't really had a great quarterback or really solid quarterback option since Russ. Hey, let me tell you something. You know what Nick Saban's bread and butter was the first two or three, four years when he showed up to Alabama? For really hell, for the first seven or six. Defense and running the ball. Uh, Run the ball. We're going to get big-ass defensive linemen whatever. And then when Cody, Mount Cody, when we found out that Texas A&M had a guy brewing in the backyard by the name of Johnny Menzel, Saban had to start recruiting him. No. If Nick Saban, that had multiple titles, Wisconsin ain't won no damn national championship, not in my lifetime. If you look at it to where Nick Saban could have multiple titles at the time, even not even counting the one he had at LSU, if he can change, 
I feel like Sylvester Sloan and Rocky with the rush out there. I saw some change tonight in the crowd. Blossoms flaw. If you could change, then I could change. I saw some change. That's if Nick Saban can change. Don't come here with your excuses, Mr. Clark, about Wisconsin, about the bread and butter. Lon, no, dude. Nick Saban, and he didn't change like two or three times. He said he never could put a quarterback in the league. Oh, you can't find no quarterback out of the to play football. Boom. Kicked in the ding ding today in regards to Jalen Hurts doing that. Tua. Kicked him in the ding ding. That, that theory is done. And I'm going to keep harping on that. I don't care. Tua's going to have a bad game. Hurts is going to have a bad game. I mean, right now, people got Hurts in MVP talks. I'm like, damn, slow down. We didn't come a long way to like, we don't know if he's going to be here to now. He's leading up there with Josh Allen MVP talks. You're going to have to slow down quarterback you talk. No, I didn't say you. They wide receiver you. I didn't say quarterback you. You don't understand the slander that that university and that coaching staff has gotten to getting guys right for the next level. Period. Okay? Kick the door down. Let me tell you something. There's the third one on the way. He's going to be either the first or second quarterback taken. You see Seattle, they sandbag for his ass. They're like, hey, man, this is working for Pop down there. Let's try this. They working for him. They trying to get him. No, nah, man, we don't need Jimmy. No, nah. no, nah, we're good with Locke and Gino. They're, they're surfing for one of them dudes. Either kid in Ohio State or make no mistake about it. Hell, they lost to Atlanta at home. I understand Atlanta competed, but you could just tell. Like, all of a sudden, why? Like, hey, 12 man, why aren't y'all so loud today? Y'all are ruckus, like damn at a damn, like Nirvana. Like, like it was a damn, like when Nirvana showed them one of them holograms they use at a concert. What the hell were y'all so the holiday Monday night for? Y'all a lot louder that night than you were there. They're trying to get one of the quarter. The next one's coming out. And you know what this helps? This helps in recruiting. Helps in recruiting. They're going to say like quarterback. Because let me tell you, because speaking of that, I didn't have it on the docket, but I'm going to tell you, I've been meaning to get to this for the last few weeks. They did all they could to get out and get Oregon State. Speaking of USC. But I'm going to tell you, Baker Mayfield, Colin Murray, Old Lincoln Raleigh. We patted him on the ass. We called him a we called him a quarterback guru. We talked about how many he had one number ones go over back to back. There was rumors that Dallas, yo, hey man, Jerry Jones might want to go get Lincoln Riley. Guys, he put in lead a little suspect. Suspect. One, we don't think studies. And every time, you know, Sunday when they got beat by the Rams, you know, every the thing that pisses me off about Kyler Murray, every time that he basically is close to turning the ball over or basically gets, you know, a fumble or gets sacks or is played on guard, his ass t- always turning the sideline. What, what the hell? Immature ass. We heard you going to Barnes and Noble getting cliff notes, brother. Suspect. Wait, be careful on the titles we give because Lincoln Riley, yeah, you had number ones back to back, but they in the league leaning on Jesus right now. One of them just got paid. Baker Mayfield is just like, it is what it is. Be careful with that. Nick's doing pretty good with three. And that transfer to Oklahoma, that don't count. Stop it. Oh, well, Jalen Hurts transferred. Oh, you stop it. Stop it. He cut his teeth on real competition now, Alabama. And you know the thing that I think that helped Jalen Hurts a lot? Because you look at you. First of all, this is a guy that wasn't even supposed to be around. He got voted captain in Philly. Vote him as a captain. The good thing about him that stands out, look at how he handled on national television getting benched at halftime and a national championship game for a freshman. 
handled it with class. That is carried on to Philly. Stop, Conrad, all you people that's been DMing me for y'all, Alabama. Conversation's over. They can play at the next level. 1-800-707-9760. Other thing on college here real quick that I wanted to touch on. I talked about that big game coming up between Baylor uh, this weekend in Oklahoma State. Uh, another thing is Tiger. Tiger Woods and his son, Charlie, you know, Tiger, Charlie was in some juniors championship tournament this week. Tiger's in the back. Charlie shot a 68, I think, his lowest career in his young career. Lowest score, 68. And his dad was in the back. He's like, hey, you know, dad just tell me to stay steady, patient. The circling is starting to circle. This kid ain't normal. This is going to be one of those, like, as far as I'm concerned, the way Charlie playing, if there is, you know, again, he keeps his head straight. He got a lot of pressure. Remember, we've seen a lot of great sons. Try it. Michael Jordan's son. I don't know what Bronny Bronny going to do. This kid has been in the lab for a while. Tiger like, hey, my body's breaking down. I'm gonna, now your mama's out. We, we got done with that. You with me. Two weeks out of the month. However, we're going to put you in the lab. Charlie, for all we know, Charlie's ass be the one to catch Jack. Tiger be out there in the cane on a, on a damn wheelchair on the 18th green to master. Seeing his record go. That kid has a swing. I've seen phenoms. That stuff ain't normal. And think about the pressure he's under. Kid fired a 68. And handled the interview. You could tell like his dad. Well, I thought I could do bit about dad. Told me to stay focused. Yeah. Just trust the shot. It's like he's a robot, man. All that Nike stuff Tiger used to put on. All that stuff that got taken off. Like, hey, man. <laughs> we still got open bidding on you. <laughs> we got this own money. That's in your will. We're going to have a bidding war for you. Smart guy. 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phone. Let's go to Dwayne. Dwayne, you on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Fox South Central Texas and Waco. What's up, Dwayne? Yeah, what's up, man? I came, I came on here and banged on Dak, but I'm going to speak from a, uh, you know, a non-biased perspective. Uh, and it's kind of unfair to Dak because the last time we seen, okay, I don't know if you touched on this or not. You know, I just got tuned in not too long ago. I know that we know the Tampa Bay defense. I'm talking about to the average consumer fan that just goes off consensuous uh, looking, you know, just the passer buyer or the radical Cowboys fan who just desperate for wins. They they looking at last time they seen Dak, he looked at horrible in three quarters. Albeit we know that Tampa Bay defense is better than the teams that Cooper Rush just beat, but just it just it's just gonna be. I hope it doesn't do it. Does like a mental lapse, like uh, Carson Wentz, like like uh, with Dak Prescott, meaning that it's gonna be in the back of his head that they want to replace him. But I don't see uh, Jerry Jones sitting uh, Dak uh, paying him forty uh, forty some million dollars sitting on the bench. But it's gonna be a lot of pressure from the uh, Cowboys fans. And uh, if the minute Dak comes back, let's say Cooper Rush wins again, and let's say Dak comes back against Philadelphia and loses. Man, it's gonna it's gonna do something to that. I, I, hopefully, hopefully, uh, Dak is uh, mentally strong, but I hope it doesn't do that to his head to where he just it's in the back of his mind that oh I can't win, you know I'm you know, and that'll be that'll be a real sad tale that he comes back to Philly and they lose. Uh, Stank, I got you, D. Uh, good phone call. I feel you. Uh, you came in with a little less energy. I know you've been on this Dak quick. I've been telling you, Cal, you tell you could win with this guy. Look, no, Dak's mental more mental is tough than that. Trust me, when you lose your mother and you close to your mother, there's not too many things that you can go through in life that can't, that won't knock you to your knees like that one. I've lived it. Trust me. But, and that's kind of like me, really don't show it. But even it's there. The point is, he's mental tough. He can get over. That's not the problem. 
the problem's going to be he will feel that prayer. Like, he's going to have to, like, what, this is what I'll say. What Cooper Rush has done, he's taken the young receiver excuse out of the equation for Dak. So when Dak comes back, he's going to have to put together that good game that can quiet that. But make no mistake about it. Yes, of course, Tampa Bay is a tougher defense than the last two they faced. But the reality of it is that is the life we live in. We live in a social media life. We live in a, everybody got an opinion. And Dak is human. He'll have to go out to perform. But you're right. Jerry's not sitting Dak. I don't care if Cooper goes 5-0. and oh. That's just the way it is. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone in Fox South Central Texas and Waco. What's going on, Fernando? Thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to chime in real quick on the Longhorns. I was I, I I wasn't ready for that. I didn't think they were ready for prime time. You know, last week and I was thinking about it because they were getting handled at the line of scrimmage by UTSA. You know, I think they had a great game with uh, Alabama, of course, because of all the hype. But I think it's going to take time for them to develop. And I I, I don't know, but w- what's the answer if they don't? I mean, are you going to fire Sark? You know, after year two or three, and then go get somebody else? You know, they've been on this hamster wheel now since what? 2013, Tony Strong, then uh, Tom Herman. Uh, but this is going on all over in college football is that, you know, everybody's dissatisfied. And so, well, what's the answer? Go fire the coach and we'll get the next guy. So that's my question is, is where, where does it end, if at all? All right, Fernando, thanks for the phone call. First of all, no. I mean, I've been on record before we even started. I mean, he won this regime is led by him, and he won the Archie sweepstakes. That's going to buy him at least two more years, regardless. Look, I don't think it's all dooms and gloom for Longhorns right now. I think you, I can see an improvement with this program and the way they play under him in his second year. Okay? I do see that. But the reality of it is, is that we know when they're really back, I mean, of course, you play to get in the playoff title. When you don't, you can't have, and I know they've had some battles, but look at the win total going in. You can't have the Texas Techs of the world. You can't be in dogfights with Iowa State. You can't, I mean, you have to know that, hey, you know, we might have an off game here and there. That's the way it is. But no, Fernando, they're not firing um, Sark. I mean, he won Cooper Rush. And they spent a lot, we never got into it, but they spent a lot of money recruiting him in that whole class. That's going to buy him at least two years, period. That's my opinion. So to clarify on that, that's going to be the rest of this year and then Archie's one year? No, it's going to be this year plus two more Archie's years. Archie's finishing up his year. So you're going to give him all of Archie's freshman year. Yeah. And then even his sophomore yeah. year. Yeah. Okay. Look, do I don't think people understand, even in the region that we're in right now, I don't, under, I don't think people understand what the battle was to try to get that kid. Now, whether he lives up to the hype, whether he gets to the next level and it's just his name or whatever, I've seen clips. They've been out in clips on uh, Four Letter Network since his freshman year in high school. I just feel that, yes, this year's this year. It's going to get him next year, and it's going to get him the following year after that. That was a big recruiting win. They spent a lot of money, but that was a big recruiting win. Will it result on the field? We'll see. We'll see if Archie can kind of handle it to next, go to the next level. But, yeah, I believe that's going to, you know, by them, you know, by him, I should say, in the next two years or so. Real quick, do you have it at the top of Dome? Are we running out of time to let me know if baseball started today, the postseason, or who would be in there? Yeah, we got uh, about 60 seconds here really quick. But if the season were to end today, 
your AL Wild Card Series, which starts next week, uh, it would be the Mariners at the Guardians as a 6-3 matchup. Rays at Blue Jays. Astros and Yankees getting the buys. And the NL, uh, the Phillies at Cardinals. Padres at Braves. And uh, Dodgers and Mets getting those buys. Hmm. Okay. Well, we're almost there with baseball getting a rotation as we get into the postseason. But for today, that is a wrap for the show. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Bartlett spinning the one and twos. San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down in Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button, before you roll out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.